0: Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations.
1: Hi, it's Joe. I'm back for a new episode of Panorama, in which we're asking if there's a new migrant crisis on the cards. With EU asylum applications recently hitting their highest points since the refugee crisis of 2015 and 2016, national asylum systems are straining at the seams. This week, Euronet Plus member stations along the various migration routes report on their respective countries' approaches to the increased pressure. According to new statistics published by the EU Asylum Agency on Wednesday the 9th of November, almost 85,000 asylum applications were filed in August, with those from Afghans and Syrians up by almost a third. At the front line of the so-called Central Mediterranean route, Giorgio Meloni's new far-right government in Italy is taking a tough line towards migrants, refusing safe haven to a series of search-and-rescue vessels operating in the area. Only the most vulnerable migrants had been permitted to disembark from several boats docked in Sicilian waters until Tuesday night, when the pressure to allow everyone off became overwhelming. Eventually, three vessels were able to unload all of their passengers in Italy – while a fourth sets sail for Corsica, bringing France into the argument. Italian Foreign Minister Antonio Tajani confirmed that the aim of this selective approach was to pressure fellow member states into sharing the burden and to make the case for a better EU migration management strategy. Rome's actions, which left boatloads of migrants living for long periods in untenable conditions, have provoked widespread criticism. But... As Radio 24 reports, Matteo Piantedosi, the country's home secretary, was bullish in response to journalists on Tuesday.
0: We will not take lessons from anyone on respecting human rights.
1: In an interview with our Italian partner station, Francesco Cerubini, an expert in EU asylum law from Rome's Luis University, has called for international cooperation. In my opinion,
0: the first step is to try to avoid making this a political instrument of pressure on both sides, because that is not the attitude that pays off in front of the other EU member states. The other thing we certainly must do is try to work collectively, especially France, Germany, Italy and the Council, to bring this proposal to a successful conclusion. In other words, to try to find a path of dialogue and negotiation above all with these countries and not to use these extreme means which go beyond the limits of international legality.
1: The EU Asylum Agency notes in its latest report that... As in 2015-2016, the Western Balkans route appeared to play a key role in recent developments. Austria has announced that, due to increased migration flows along this route, it will reinstate controls at its internal Schengen border with Slovenia from this weekend. RTV Slovenia reports that Ljubljana considers this decision unfounded and urges Austria to instead work together with its neighbours. Bulgaria, which finds itself at the coalface of this route, has also been left reeling this week, following the shooting of a Bulgarian border officer on patrol at the Bulgarian-Turkish border. The circumstances surrounding the shooting remain unclear, explains BNR. But the shots are believed to have come from Turkey. Bulgaria's president, Rumen Radev, is demanding answers.
0: Shots fired at one of our police officers from the territory of a neighbouring country, from Turkey, I expect a full investigation, even a joint one, in order that the culprit is brought to light and that there can be retribution.
1: Despite the fact that the two men in custody in Turkey are not migrants but Turkish citizens, the border killing has refocused attention on the EU's external border with Turkey. Bulgaria's former Deputy Foreign Minister, Milen Keremedchev, tells BNR that the EU has been too intent on appeasing Erdogan so that he keeps migrants out of the bloc, and that Bulgaria has been too reticent to ask for help with protecting its border. Unlike
0: us, the Greeks strengthened their border facilities after clashes with migrants and strengthened their border controls with European help and European specialists. Yes, Frontex is currently supporting Bulgaria's border controls, providing Hungarian, Polish and German border police to assist our own. But this is not enough. We now have the very important task of raising this issue at European level since we are at the EU's external border. We should not be ashamed to say that we want help at this stage and that there should be much more serious cooperation since penetrating our border means penetrating the EU border. While some Member States appeal for
1: solidarity, Poland has chosen to take matters into its own hands by unilaterally beginning work on a heavy-duty fence along its border with Russia's Kaliningrad exclave, a similar structure to the one that now blocks its border with Belarus. Electronic border surveillance devices will also be installed. The move comes amid warnings from Warsaw of an increased number of flights arriving in Kaliningrad from the Middle East and North Africa. The Polish government fears that Moscow is planning to open a new Kaliningrad route for illegal migration into the European Union in an attempt to destabilise the region. If this is true, this would mirror Lukashenko's so-called hybrid attack on the bloc last year, which created a humanitarian crisis at the EU's borders. Poland's defence minister, Mariusz Bozczyk, announced the construction plans in a press conference, drawing a correlation between this border and the one with Belarus. We want to make
0: the border watertight. We are drawing on the experience we have gained over the last year. The temporary fence has protected the polish belarusian border.
1: While Poland's deputy speaker, Ryszard Teleki acknowledges that there is no immediate threat from Russia, he defends his government's actions. Polsky Radio shares his comments.
0: At the moment there is no real serious threat on this border, but we know what happened on the polish belarusian border and we must be prepared for it. This time we can't afford to be caught off guard because this is an extremely dangerous section of our border. It seems to be the most dangerous section and we need to pay close attention to it.
1: Lithuania also borders this Flashpoint region. Yet its deputy minister of internal affairs, Vitalius Dmitrievas says that they see no signs of such a threat. Our institutions are doing their jobs,
0: so we are currently taking a reserved approach to the threat. We don't think there is a very real
1: possibility of a hybrid attack right now. Of course, we must be prepared. Zini Uradias asks the deputy minister whether the approach being taken by Poland is understandable given that Lithuania sees no real risk. He believes that it is, pointing out that Lithuania is perhaps in a stronger position.
0: It is certainly understandable. Again, we should be talking about Lithuania's somewhat greater progress on the border with Russia. We are monitoring the entire stretch with surveillance systems. These are modern and consist of several components. We're also monitoring the sea border, again, with the help of surveillance systems. Along part of the border, admittedly a very small part, about 46 kilometres, where there is land, there is a physical barrier. So our progress in this area is, I would say, somewhat greater. Our Polish colleagues perhaps also want a little more investment in technical means and surveillance measures in a physical barrier. So they will probably do this, because it actually makes sense, I think.
1: And, of course, we must not forget Ukraine in all of this. With winter fast approaching, Kuku Radio considers how the cold weather may affect refugee flows. According to Indrek Kanik, director of Estonian foreign policy think tank the International Centre for Defence and Security, A new influx of Ukrainian refugees is a very real possibility in the coming months.
0: For Ukrainian citizens, the risks associated with winter are very great. If Russia continues to destroy Ukraine's energy infrastructure and the temperature remains at three or four degrees for a long period of time with no electricity and no heat, it will be very difficult to cope, especially in the cities. This scenario is likely to lead to a new wave of refugees to smaller towns and villages in Ukraine, but certainly also Western countries. (laughs)
1: Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another look at current affairs from a Euronet Plus perspective.